Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight, we're going to talk about Rebel Without a Cause. And later on, we're going to talk about East of Eden. Leading up to the 65th anniversary of the death of James Dean. Why are we going to talk about James Dean? Because we're all in our homes during COVID watching movies, movies, movies. And I figured, you know what? A lot of you are feeling rebellious. You're feeling like rebels. Why not Rebel Without a Cause? Here are 13 wild facts about Rebel Without a Cause by Matthew Jackson, published October 3rd, 2018. Remember, tonight, I promise you, we're, gonna, we're just going to dive into James Dean. In 1955, director Nicholas Ray had a vision of a film about juvenile delinquents unlike any other in the subgenre. Rather than focusing on poor kids from an inner city, he envisioned a Romeo and Juliet style tale about affluent teenagers who couldn't relate to the lives of their parents and who were looking for other outlets to release their delusionment and anger. To achieve this vision, he had consulted with experts, pushed for realism at every turn, and found a collaborator and rising young actor named James Dean. More than six decades after its release, Rebel Without a Cause remains the quintessential film about juvenile delinquents fueled by Dean's intense performance and raised bold direction and given fear mystique by the young star's premature death just weeks before the film was released. Dean's death made the film a must-see, but making of the film made it a classic that endures today. So from real fights among cast members to switchblades that really cut, here are 13 facts about the making of this landmark film. Now, 13 is a lucky number for some. So let's dive. Number one, it's based on a real teen criminal. The story of the making of Rebel Without a Cause actually goes back nearly a decade before it arrived in theaters in 1955 to a book of the same name by Dr. Robert Linder, published in 1944. The book was a case study of a young man named Harold who was then an inmate at Lewisburg Federal Penitentiary in Pennsylvania. Sensing the topical appeal of the story, Warner Brothers published purchased the rights to the book in early 1946, and it went through several writers. More on that in a moment before going dormant. Then in the 1950s, black and white films about rebellious teens, including The Wild One, Marlon Brando, and The Black uh, Board Jungle, 1955, spiked in popularity. Director Nicholas Ray noticed this trend and became interested in the idea of the film about juvenile delinquents. Here's another factoid. Number two, an early draft was written by Dr. Seuss. Oh, my. Oh, yes. <laughs> the most noteworthy name to emerge from the early stages of the writing process of Rebel Without a Cause through comes in the Warner Brothers script archive listing of who did the first draft. Theodore Seuss Giselle, better known today as Dr. Seuss. Isn't that crazy? It was almost a Marlon Brando vehicle, and that is true. There is actually um, a screen test done in 1947 of him. Okay, here's a, a fourth factoid. The screenplay has an interesting mix of influences. As the writing process for Rebel Without a Cause screenplay, the studio ultimately insisted on the title instead of Ray's preferred The Blind Run got underway. Ray and Warner Brothers butted heads over and should over who should collaborate him in on the next project. Ray wanted Clifford Odets to work on the script. Ah. Okay, see, in this where they put in the Peter Pan, the Lost Boys, Plato. Oh, yes. Natalie Wood had to fight to play Judy, and this is true. 
So what happened was Natalie Wood was a child star, squeaky clean, miracle at 34th Street, okay? And then she wanted the role of Judy in Rebel Without a Cause, and they said no. So she got into a car wreck um, and was acting bad and ended up in the emergency room. And Nick Ray, she called him and he shows up and she says, see, Nick, now I'm considered a juvenile delinquent. Cast me in the movie. So that's number five. Number six, James Dean got the part because Elizabeth Taylor got pregnant. What? Though the studio apparently considered Tab Hunter for the role of Jim at one point, Ray was intrigued by James D- Dean, who had yet to make his mark on Hollywood, but had already shot his role as Caleb in East of Eden, which Ray saw early screens of. Impressed with Dean, Ray wanted to cast him as a lead in Rebel, but another Dean of soon-to-be legendary films was standing in the way. Giant. Which was all set to start shooting at a time that would conflict with the Rebels' production. Then, a fortuitous development in the life of another giant star has changed everything. Elizabeth Taylor was pregnant, which meant the film had to be delayed until June of 1955. That freed Dean up to take another iconic role. The one that would define his legend more than any other Rebel Without a Cause. Number seven. Ray made the supporting cast get into real into a real fight as an audition. Oh my. The pursuit of realism continued to be continued to the supporting cast, which was chosen from somewhere between 300 and 500 young actors who came to the Warner Brothers backlot with their own cars in an attempt to earn a spot in the film. Eventually, once that number was whittled down to a few dozen, uh, Nicholas Ray pushed the authenticity even further and asked the actors to start a fight as they were we're really in a gang. So we fought it. Some cars were smashed. Some people got, were really hurt. And then Nick said, cut. And that was that. Jack Gingy, who played Moose, recalled. Later during production, Gringy remarked to a co-star that he'd really love to see the footage of Ray had gotten of the fight that day. And his co-star replied that there had never been any film in the camera. <laughs> oh, my. Here's a, a number eight. It was originally going to be shot in black and white. It's hard to imagine Rebel Without a Cause in anything but color now. In part because it had, it's hard to imagine seeing Dean without that striking red jacket he's wearing on the film posters. But that wasn't always a plan. Nicholas Ray and Stern both believed that the film should be shot like a B-movie, with a grittier style that was perfectly suited to black and white. And Nicholas, even Nicholas Ray began production by shooting this way. Rebel Without a Cause was also being shot in the widescreen format CinemaScope, though, which frustrated Ray, who couldn't figure out how to fill the frame. It turned out that there was a clause in the CinemaScope licensing agreement which said all CinemaScope films must be shot in color. That, plus Warner Brothers' desire to invest more in the film as a juvenile delinquent pictures became even trendier, led to that switch. Isn't that interesting? Here's a number nine factoid. A co-star consulted on all the gang scenes. Oh my. Ray and Dean's drive for realism led to them the various places, including police and psychiatric professionals, for consulting assistance on the film. But perhaps their most valuable resources came from the form of Rank Mazzola, who played the gang member Crunch. Mazzola, a graduate of the Hollywood High School, was also a member of the Athenians, a gang that Mazzola himself referred to as a social club. That was another, uh, nonetheless very tough and territorial. After he joined the cast, Mazzola began remarking upon various phony elements of the script, as well as the wardrobe the cars used, and more. Ray asked him if he could provide an example of real gang life, and Mazzola knew just where to look. So what did I 
so what I did is I called an Athenian meeting, Mazzola recalled. Mazzola gathered his friends and had them actually hassle Ray and Dean, who was not yet famous, as if they were really making a movie at the Athenian turf. Ray got the point rather quickly and gave Mazzola an aw- office next to his during the production. From then on, Mazzola consulted on the script, the wardrobe, the cars. Dean's 1949 Mercury was his idea. And the lingo. He even helped choreograph the night fight based on a real encounter he had had with another gang member. Number 10. Nicholas Ray encouraged Dean to improvise. And you can see that in the movie. By the time filming on Rebel Without a Cause began, Nicholas Ray and James Dean had more than a typical writer-director relationship. Nicholas Ray worked hard to get to know his young lead hanging out with Dean in New York, getting drunk and smoking pot together, and then ultimately holding lengthy rehearsal sessions at Ray's Chateau Marmont bungalow. As production began, James Dean's passion for the method acting led Ray to give him an extremely large share of the creative control over each scene, to the point that that was often Dean who would dictate that place and tone of a scene to the other actors. Jimmy did almost did most of the directing. He gave us our lines. He dominated the entire thing. And Doran, who played Jim's mother, later recalled. You can see that in the movie because, I mean, it's he's driving everything, you know, and, and that's why it's such a legendary film. You, you can't remake something like this, okay? Number 11. Dean was injured more than once during filming. Nicholas Ray and James Dean both placed a lot of emphasis on the realism of each moment in Rebel Without a Cause. And Dean's method acting meant to he wanted to be place himself in the most authentic situations possible because the film is sometimes violent and that meant Dean often engaged in real physical violence for the part and sometimes didn't make it out to unscathed. For the scene in which Jim drunkenly pounds on the desk in the police station, Dean apparently actually got drunk. Oh my. And that's, that's truly method right there. And then pounded the desk as hard as he could, breaking bones in his hand and leaving Ray forced to shoot around the bandages. Then there was the switchblade fight between Jim, uh, Jimmy Dean and Buzz, Corey Allen, which was done with real blades. Uh, though certain precautions were taken, James Dean could be seen in the production stills placing padding under his shirt. At one point while shooting the fight, Allen reached out and actually cut Dean. Ray, alarmed by that his star had been injured, called out, called cut, and Dean was furious. Jimmy gets uh, furious and grabs Nick and says, don't ever, ever c- say cut. Don't ever say cut to me. I'll say cut if something's wrong. Don't you ever cut the scene. Co-star Dennis Hopper later recalled and noted that Dean wanted to persevere the uh, preserve the realism of his injury for the camera dean was apparently so angry over ray's decision to stop the scene that he walked off the set in rage and had to be coaxed back to filming that sounds like james dean ah dennis hopper again number 12 dennis hopper and nicholas ray nearly fought over natalie wood at the time she was cast in Rebel Without a Cause, Natalie Wood was romantically involved with Dennis Hopper, who was also set to co-star in the film. During the production, though, Wood stuck up an affair with Ray, and one day Hopper apparently discovered them together. The young actor challenged the director to a fistfight. Nicholas Ray's preference was so was to simply fire Hopper and keep him away from the set. Warner Brothers wanted the young star to stick around, though, and so Ray settled for giving Hopper a smaller role with no lines. That, the story goes, is why Hopper played Goon instead of Crunch, Mazzola's eventual uh, role in the film. Here's the final fact. Number 13. All three leads met tragically early deaths. 
tragic early deaths tragically tragic it's monday Thanks to East of Eden's success that spring and early screenings of Rebel Without a Cause by September of 1955, James Dean was on the verge of megastardom. The former uh, film earned him an Oscar nomination for Best Actor, and the latter was good enough to convince Warner Brothers to offer him a long-term contract locked to star in his power down Then, on September 30th, Dean tragically died in a car crash at the age of 24, less than a month before Rebel Without a Cause arrived in theaters. Sadly, James Dean was not the only member in the film's cast to suffer a tragic early death. On February 12th, 1976, Sal Mineo was murdered outside in Los Angeles at the age of 37, and Natalie Wood famously and mysteriously drowned off the waters of San- Santa Clara. Uh, Catalina Island on November 29th, 1981 at the age of 43. So why are we talking about these factoids? Because Rebel Without a Cause became such a big film. It was such a moment. You know, East of Eden made James Dean famous and that fame did not last very long. Giant made him a legend. So you think of those three films. He is the only person to be nominated for an Oscar twice posthumously. Heath Ledger won posthumously. Um, uh, There was another actor, the guy from Network. Peter Finch won posthumously, but they were not in Rebel Without a Cause. Okay. (laughs) Rebel Without a Cause is just one of those movies. That was my first introduction to James Dean. Um, I want to thank my friend for giving me that as a gift. It, it's such a great movie, especially the DVD, because it has all of these factoids and the making of. Strangely enough, in the DVD of Rebel Without a Cause, there is a PSA that James Dean did about driving safety with Gig Young. And it's very eerie because you know he would later die and and he says something if i can find it psa here we go ladies and gentlemen james dean here it is hi jimmy hi again we asked jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself a real one not a crazy one Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of Giants. Indeed, I had. He plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No, Jim races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go? Oh, an honest miles an hour. Clocked at around about 106, 7. You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh, one or ten. Where? Well, I showed pretty good at Palm Springs. I ran a baker's field. Jimmy, we probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea? A good point. I, uh, I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing, and, uh, and now I drive on the highways, I'm uh, extra cautious, because uh, no one knows what they're doing half the time. You don't know what this guy's going to do with that one. On a track, there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and uh, 
ways of safety. And uh, I find myself being very cautious on the highway. I don't have the urge to, to speed on the highway. People say racing is dangerous, but I'll take my chances on the track any day than on a highway. Well, Gig, I think I'd better take off. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you might save might be mine. <laughs> well, I don't see what's so bad about taking a little drink. You don't? No, I, I definitely... He's a minor, Mr. Stark, and it looks to me like he had more than a little drink. Oh, come, dear. Uh, I cut loose pretty good in my day, too. Oh, really, Frank? When was that? Can't you wait till we get home? How about you, Jim? Got anything to say for yourself? Not interested, huh? Can't you answer? What's the matter with you, anyhow? He's just loaded, honey. I was talking to Jim. Well, I'd uh, like to just explain. You see, we just moved here, you understand, and the... Uh, Kid hasn't got any friends. You understand? Hey, well, and we moved, we moved into here. it. Will you hold it, Jim? Tell him, tell him, man, why we moved here. Will you hold it? You can't protect me. Do you mind if I try? Do you, do you have to slam the door in my face? <laughs> I try to get to him. What happens? Don't I buy everything you want? A, a bicycle? Oh, you get a bicycle. A car? You buy me many things. No, no. no. Well, not just buy. We give you love and affection, don't we? Well, then what is it? Was it because we went to that party? Well, you know what kind of drunken brawls those kind of parties turn into. It's not a place for kids. A minute ago, you said you didn't care if he drinks. He said a little drink. You're tearing me apart! What? You, you say one thing, he says another, and everybody changes back again! That's Rebel Without a Cause. James Dean, directed by Nicholas Ray. Also, we could say directed by James Dean because from the facts. And it's interesting, the 13 facts and that PSA that I just played was done 13 days before he died on September 30th, 1955. Here we are in 2020. 65 years later, James Dean is still, I mean... He's still very much in the lexicon. He's still very much, you know, if you uh, if you go like to an old movie place, there's pictures of James Dean. There's James Dean everything. In fact, let's go to the bait and switch. Let's go to Amazon where we buy everything. Type in James Dean. And here's what pops up. Okay. Sentence of Death starring James Dean. So he did a lot of television. The day that James Dean died, looks like a documentary. Legends never die. James Dean Porsche framed photo collage. That's that's eerie right there. A photograph, pretty in pink. I didn't know. <laughs> Advanced graphics. James Dean life size cardboard cutout with the red jacket. Of course, that's that's an iconic image. An image of him in giant sitting in the car. East of Eden, the James Dean story, a documentary. Yeah. Of a book about his car, The Little Bastard. Dream as if you live forever. Live as if you'll die today. And that's a quote by James Dean. So there you have it. As always, 
Unpleasant Dreams, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast.